Something is rotten in the state of Denmark, and Hamlet is taking out the trash. Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday. I'm your host, Diego Crespo, here at the failed Blockbuster Season 3 premiere. You're really calling your shot that you'll actually get this episode out on a Monday. It will be a Monday. It will be a Monday, and that's my co-host, Matt Garingo. Yes, that is I. Matt, how the hell are you? I am great. The world is a beautiful, magical place. The world is a beautiful, magical place. Movies are beautiful, magical. Movies are dreams that you never forget. The most important thing to have in this horrible, dark world is dreams. And movies are like dreams. And if you make movies, that makes you the most important person in the world. Isn't it weird that directors keep making that movie? Yeah. They're like, I mean, it's basically directors being like, please suck my dick. Please, please suck my dick and pay me $12 for it at a matinee. Yeah. Um, and I'll gladly do that sometimes, frankly. So <laughs> this is a weird opening. Uh, Fail Blockbuster Season 3. We we asked you people to vote for six like between 16 choices of movies. And people came to play. I was like, I'm not going to lie. When uh, Matt, my co-host, came up with the idea, like, let's have them vote, because why not? Um, I was like, I was We had hesitant. too many choices was really what it came down to. There was a fuck ton of choices. Not even every choice we talked about made it onto the list, and then we made that list even smaller. But a really big fear of mine, I'm not going to lie, was like, well, are people going to like actually show up to vote for this? Like, I don't know. Um, and no, people came up to, to vote. And so we had battles like... Between Fantastic Mr. Fox versus the Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Not really a battle, ultimately. No, that one was more like a slaughter. Um, yeah, <laughs> you fucking weaklings. How do you not How do you not vote for Rocky and Bullwinkle? What's wrong with y'all? There's uh, Alita Battle Angel versus Mars Attacks. I thought Mars Attacks was going to have more of a, a, a I did too. Chance. I did too, but Alita has a, a very passionate fan base out there. Yes. So... They, um, and they made themselves known, and I will Yes, say, they did. <laughs> but I will say, I received a, a very kind DM from one of the spearheaders of the, the Alita fan base, and they were like, just to clear things up, you're saying failed blockbuster as in failed critically or financially or whatever, right? Because, you know, we all love Alita. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, we, I, we love Alita too, don't worry, we... Uh, uh, Sounds like a bunch of dudes showed up at your house like holding bricks and baseball bats and were like, now we're not saying we're going to break your legs, but (laughs) you do like Alita Battle Angel, correct? (laughs) It was a little bit like that, and I I was like, no, no, no. I will break someone else's legs for not liking that movie, too. Yeah. Um, So it, it... there was no, that'll be a fun one. I, I, I am looking forward to talking about that movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially since I could drop some of my OG Alita fan cred before the movies even existed. I would actually like to hear that because yeah. um, it's also a, it's the rare one where uh, we're talking about a failed blockbuster that still is getting a sequel probably. Maybe, maybe. We'll talk about that when that episode comes out. Yeah, um, which also be... also means that maybe we could do Pacific Rim in the future. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't need to talk about the sequel, but I'd love to talk about that first one. Yeah. My rule, here's something, uh, spoilers for the whole list, but I was going to, my thing was going to, because I know Diego really wants to talk about Pacific Rim. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, I was going to be, I I pitched Mimic as one of the failed blockbusters to talk about. 
And I was going to be like, I'm not letting another Del Toro movie on here until we talk about Mimic. And I, I just assumed Mimic would lose and it ended up winning, but I think that's because it went up against Cleopatra. <laughs> Which, Which uh, I thought don't... was gonna be like uh, a way like more successful of a choice against like Mimic, uh, because of the the state of the industry collapsing, right? Yeah. I think people just don't really remember Cleopatra. Like, it's I only like a that's... film nerd thing to know that Cleopatra like almost like they had to close 20th Century Fox for like a week and not pay anyone because of the amount of money they spent on Cleopatra. Yeah, I, I guess our brains are just too fucking like hyper fixated and all this bullshit and other people are like i have like stuff to do today (laughs) (laughs) yeah other people have actual for real jobs (laughs) we just we just complain about movies yeah yeah i'm definitely i'm definitely never stepping into an office or any of that nonsense um the other all right after alita which beat mars attacks um, I guess people just don't give a shit about Mars Attacks anymore, but I will give a spirited defense of Mars Attacks one of these days. Yeah. Um, I mean, some people 17... uh, know of it recently because of Red Letter Media. We yeah, but they also didn't say. like it. I'll just say, <laughs> uh, every time we come up with like a really interesting choice, someone else fucking covers it somewhere else, and it's just proof that we were right and we should have just done it sooner. Yeah. That's all. But I doubt the same will happen for 1776, which lost to the Chronicles of Riddick big time. Yeah. Um, 1776, uh, an insane little movie. Which I've never even heard of. It's a musical about uh, the founding of America. It's the OG Hamilton, um, except with John Adams as the main character. Mm-hmm. And it was a Broadway musical. It was a Broadway hit. And then they tried to make it into a movie and it bombed huge. And you'll see it and you've never seen a movie like it. Probably for a good reason. Okay. But um, it's a fascinating little object. This one I feel bad for because we just we should have thought about who the squeeze went up against better. But yeah. Hugo destroyed the squeeze. Oh yeah, I'll also say this is how, how fucking well planned we had this. I'll <laughs> say that um, I used the letterbox rankings to assort the you know the highest to lowest so did, to make now let me ask real quick was it what their rating what their their star the average star rating on letterbox was that what you did yes the average star rating so see like, that was the mistake you think so you should have picked like equivalent view numbers on letterboxd <sighs> probably right so like they're as so like which ones are close to being as watched as the other. Mm-hmm. So that would have been a better spread. Maybe next it. time we'll just do it alphabetically. Fuck it. Just, just we'll <laughs> figure it out. Maybe next time yeah. we won't even do a bracket. Maybe next time we'll just we'll just do whatever we pick. I'm gonna predict right now we're gonna do a bracket again because it was kind of fun to see people get into the voting. Yeah. And I wanna I wanna like actually make some unhinged like battles happen. Mm-hmm. Now, this was a little too easy, I think. Yeah. I also, but I got to say, one problem I have is that I think the voters, and you, frankly, Diego, um, when you kept pitching more failed blockbusters to me, you kept pitching good movies. And I'm like, no, we got to talk about crap. We got to find <laughs> movies that are bad and bizarre and worth talking about. And I was a little worried that our listeners were deferring a little too much to quality films. And that is a, uh, a point you brought up even before the the, the bracket was released to the public. And yes. I will say, I think you were right. Next time, I'm going to have to do some soul-searching into some real garbage. Mm. And I'm very excited to do so. 
We had two I saw. I, I just say I saw one movie for the first time this year, and my immediate thought was, "Oh, that would be a good choice for next year." <laughs> but that's for that's another time. That's I'll, I'll well, tell you actually, later. Actually, you know what? We could probably do an entire season of failed blockbusters based on the year twenty twenty three. The Flash retrospective. Yeah, baseball, like, everything's bombing, like... Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny review part two. (laughs) Yeah, even the Mission Impossible's, like, doing worse than they thought. Yeah, and that was fucking stupid. I don't know whose decision it was to release that a week before Barbie and Oppenheimer. I, I, some fucking guy at Paramount, like, a year ago was like... We're gonna fucking kill Barbie. <laughs> like, I know. No they're, fucking idea they're riding what was the coming. high of Top Gun. Jerry Bruckheimer's in their corner, like lining up a line of coke for them, and they're like, "I'm gonna fucking save cinema with Tom Cruise." Yeah. And then now they're like, "Oh no, I don't know if we can afford reshoots on Mission Impossible 8. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that. I don't know if that. That's a joke. That's a joke. All that was a joke. But um, hey. stuff to think about. I don't know. People seem to like it still. I haven't seen it yet. Yes. Um, Heaven's Gate and Warcraft came pretty close. I know. I was like... Which was a little shocking. Um, and then, of course, today's episode, uh, Last Action Hero versus Cure for Wellness. Cure for thank Wellness Thank God today's movie won. Well, we'll get back to it in one second, um, but I really would have liked to talk about Cure for Wellness. It's not going to happen. That's okay. Uh, matinee versus Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. <laughs> Um, the the real the biggest shocker maybe I know I kind of I'm glad it kind of turned out this way, but I do really want to talk about a Joe Dante movie. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out eventually. We haven't done Small Soldiers, have we? Nope. That's another really good one to do. That was my so. first Joe Dante movie, I think. Oh my god, that's a weird one to start with. Oh yeah, I saw. I think pretty sure I saw Gremlins after. That's the famous one where it was they they were planning on releasing it as a PG movie and then they couldn't get it down and it was still rated pg-13 i think by the time it came out mm-hmm. so like it kind of got fucked by that but well that's a little talk i i'm just shocked that people even remember final fantasy the spirits within exists if you put and... an anime movie in your movie bracket it's gonna do well but is that anime it kind of is I don't know. like it's it's based it's based on a video game but it's like Weird computer generated movie, like I think it qualifies as anime, but I'm not an anime like scholar, so maybe I'm just talking out of my ass here. Yeah, which we do all the time, but I just feel like I should reiterate that. Mm. And then Cleopatra versus Mimic, Mimic swept. Uh, Cleopatra not looking good. I would have liked to talk about Cleopatra. Yeah, Cleopatra would have been just fascinating just because of the the whole legacy of it. But you know what? Maybe we'll be able to do two Cleopatras by the time of the next uh, failed blockbusters. Oh. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? That would be interesting. Cleopatra versus Cleopatra versus Cleopatra. Because there's actually three uh, Cleopatra movies. Oh, really? What's the other one? The other one's like from the 1930s, I think. Let me check. Oh. I thought you meant there was like two Cleopatras coming out. Oh, no, 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 no. There's... Okay, well, there's actually like... 24 Cleopatra movies, but let's yeah. just stick to the big ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's the, the ones the that Elizabeth are famous Taylor bombs. one. The Elizabeth Taylor one, yeah, yeah. And then, um, uh, 1934 by, uh, Cecil B. DeMille, which mm. was not a bomb by their standards, I don't think. 
almost $2 million on a budget of $842,908. That's very specific, but whatever. Anyway. Oh, yeah, let's talk about The Last Action Hero. The Last Action Hero. Directed by John McTiernan, a 1993 American fantasy comedy action film. One of the most infamous bombs of all time. I didn't understand uh, what the movie was about when I first saw it. <laughs> I was just like, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I just seen Terminator. Let me when give it a shot. When did you first see it? Uh, it was one of those cable movies. Okay. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, awesome. The Arnold Schwarzenegger. Did you come in in the middle? People. I can't imagine like coming in in the middle of this movie. I think I did. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, so it was a little hard to latch on to at the time. Uh, I was very impressed by the action. You know, I, I wouldn't have phrased it back then the same way. I would have been like, that was awesome! You know, but, like, I don't fucking... I, I don't know what I'm looking at, really. <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, it's a sat- satirical movie? It's a, it's an action comedy satire. Uh, a love letter. Kind of a hate letter, a little bit, to, to certain mm. action stuff. Yeah, uh, it sounds... It's It comes across like some of the people working on this maybe weren't happy with uh, the way Hollywood was working at the time. Yeah. Um, there's also... I mean, it's our stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it's it's also kind of a reflective movie for him, too. Mm. Like, him specifically. Um, let's just talk about it. Let's just, let's just fucking go into it. Matt, what do you think about The Last Action Hero? Like, in a nutshell. Um, how to get in that nutshell. Hey! Boo! Uh, hey, I got, I got jokes today, people. Boo! I got jokes. Um... This is a deeply frustrating movie. No! <laughs> I am not the biggest fan of Last Action Hero. Um, it is... It never quite gets there where it needs to, and it's entirely understandable why this movie bombed. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah. I think... I, I keep... Someone keeps changing my... How does... What the fuck? I gave it three stars on Letterboxd the other day, and I go to check it again, and it's up at three and a half. I did not give it three and a half stars. There's one, but, like, editor who's the biggest Last Action Hero fan at Letterboxd, yeah, and they're like, I, I have to. boosting the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... This movie is a goddamn mess, Diego. Uh, it's... It cannot decide what the fuck it is... It ultimately tries to be two things, and it, it it does not succeed well enough at either, and completely ignores the third thing, which it ultimately is. So, yeah, I'm not, I've never been the biggest last action hero fan. I, I have hang-ups. I definitely but. have hang-ups. Yeah. Um. It sort of reminds me of Temple of Doom, where it's like there. It, this is just like male power fantasy shit, like, like uh, especially with like the kid, right? Um, yeah, but I, I, yeah. Uh, mm. this is kind of one of my favorite action movies. <laughs> that's that's a little sad, Diego. Oh, no, frankly, no, I, it's a little sad. I think this is a great movie because this this movie feels like it was scripts. made by people who hate the action genre almost. Which is insane because it is directed by John McTiernan. I really have to disagree. I think it's, it's made by people who have very mixed feelings about their success. 
and also deeply admire and love the people who allowed them to have their success. Yeah. I don't know, or man. Or appreciate... They don't fucking know me. Not love. That's, that's too strong a word. But they're very appreciative of certain things. I think the initial version of this movie was absolutely made by cynical bastards. Or mm. the, the script, I should say. I think the script was made by cynical bastards who really just wanted to, like, shit on something. Um, uh, the people who know the production of this film know that the original script was done by Zach Penn and Adam Leff. And it was they- called something different initially. Uh, it was like called like, I think like violent something or it's like senseless violence or something like a more cynical name. Yeah. Uh, um, but, and they, they meant to like just parody like stuff specifically done by and I've Shane heard, Black. I've, I've heard uh, Zach Penn in interviews because like he kind of broke down what he thinks went wrong with this movie. Mm-hmm. And he said like when we wrote it, we were parodying like more low-budget action fare, like, more in the line of, like, something, like, like Canon Films would put out, right? Mm-hmm. And that Shane Black even brought... Like, Shane Black does the good version of the movies we were trying to parody. And then they brought Shane Black in to rewrite it. So, like, it, it kind of lost what it was going for initially. Mm-hmm. And you can certainly feel that um, in the movie. I guess you can... The one part that leaves the most, like, credence to the idea of, like, the canon film sat- satire elements is, like, uh, when you've got Charles Dance walking, like, down Hollywood Boulevard or whatever, mm. and there's all this, like, this mindless violence happening. That is cartoon violence, but it's in the real world by that well, point, that, so it's, like, we'll a very mixed We'll get to that, thing. but that is a problem of the movie, in my opinion. I, I would agree with that. I, I don't think this is, like, a masterpiece, but I do think it's a great movie. Um, yeah. It's a great idea for a movie that they never figured out while making it. There is good stuff in it, but there's also an equal amount of just baffling decisions <laughs> that just go, why is this even here? Oh, are you talking about Danny DeVito's cameo? Yes, I am, <laughs> among other things. But uh, that one is a big one where it's just like, there are so many fucking callbacks to this animated cat who shouldn't even be here. <laughs> well, no, he's Whiskers. Yeah, but, like, what is the joke? No, no, he's Whiskers. What the fuck is the joke? He's, he's How just Whiskers. How does the logic of the movie? He's just Whiskers. Yeah, it's... Why is the, the Jack Slater's police station also the hub for every other cop that's ever existed in Hollywood? You know, I couldn't tell you. And funny... Uh, frankly, funnier than the fucking animated cat is the insane joke that uh, the two uh, cops, buddy cops that are pinned together are a rabbi and an insanely German-looking person. <laughs> Which is like a blink-and-you'll-miss-it joke. Well, I mean, there's a lot of blink-and-miss-it stuff in the movie. Like, not even just the gags, like, the action, like, setups and, like, the camera setups... Like, I think that's what I'm mostly drawn to in the movie, although I do think it is very funny, frankly. Mm-hmm. I have uh, the sense of humor of a five-year-old. Um, you were, I mean, you were, you couldn't stop breathing during the whole Leo the Fart sequence, could you? Oh, no, that was my favorite. Leo the Fart's gonna pass gas one last time. <laughs> Stupid. No, uh, not my favorite fit. Um, but I actually like that one. <laughs> Oh, no, now you convince yourself you love it? <laughs> that one's so dumb. Like, that whole sequence, 
is like the one sequence that like really works for me. <laughs> Look, uh, an elephant. Oh, <laughs> that's that's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's hilarious. Oh my god, he's alive! Arnold having to pretend the dead body's alive. Yeah, like, that's that's one sequence that's pretty funny. Um, John McTiernan is maybe the greatest like American action director for his short stint, right? Like for the, At least the he years was. he was operating. Yeah, he had this incredible run from Predator. To, I mean, Predator Die Hard Hunt for Red October right in a row is kind of incredible, right? Mm-hmm. Like, those are three, and they're, like, genre-defining movies. He does fucking Medicine Man, which no one remembers and was, like, destroyed critically in its era. Um, I've never seen it. I have also never seen it. It's, but it appears on uh, Siskel and Ebert's Worst of the Year list. Failed Blockbuster Season 4? I don't know. I don't know if it's that interesting, so we'll have to wait. But this movie kind of is like, it's the beginning of the downswing for him a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like this. He does Die Hard with a Vengeance, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but you are. I know, I know. His remake of The Thomas Crown Affair, uh, which is an alright movie. You know, I think Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I I, I mean, it's not a failed blockbuster. It was very successful. Um, It's like a lark, but I mean, no one fucking shot a lark like him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he shoots the it, it, shit it, out it, of everything. That's why I can't really like It feels like a window into what he could have done had he, like, maybe done other genres, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, the last year are 13th Warrior, Rollerball, and Basic, all of which are, like, disastrous. Yeah, yeah. Like, I kind of like 13th Warrior, but, like, it, it, you know. I know people defend 13th Warrior. I have never seen it. Okay. Um, just because it has such a bad reputation. Uh, if you don't like Last Action Hero, I can't imagine you liking Thirteenth Warrior. But I like I like McTiernan's stuff up until basically Last Action Hero. Like, uh, it's and so I don't even like I, I'm not even like coming here to be like this movie sucks. I just think it's like really uneven. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it feels weird though to make him the choice to do this. Honestly, um, Spielberg almost did it. That's fucking wild. Which is wild considering the fate this movie ultimately had. Mm-hmm. Um, but can we just get right into the movie? Yeah, let's just do it. Uh, the fate I'll talk about the behind-the-scenes stuff though. as we go. Yeah, but... I, I guess that'll come up again. The, mm-hmm. the box office yeah. battle, or, or slaughter, rather. I think this movie fails right from the beginning. Oh, yeah? The opening Jack Slater action sequence. I I don't think I think the failures the the big miscalculation this movie makes is that Jack Slater as he is in the Jack Slater universe is a parody of action stars, right? Mm-hmm. Like the joke of that whole opening scene is like fucking. He, the, the chief's yelling at him. The mayor's running for off. He's pissed off. The news, he has no time for him. And he goes up, remember he goes up to the roof and like he has, he has throws like a hundred guns out of his fucking jacket. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't think that is, a, I don't think that was a smart choice. No? I think you needed to believe <laughs> Jack Slater could stand toe to toe with Rambo or RoboCop or the Terminator. 
like you, you think need to it's leaning it. too much into the satirical like right off the way bat. too hard and it's too winky like it's too like like especially later when like we see the opening of Jack Slater 4 where the cops blow up mm-hmm. and the one's like just two days from retirement and then he dies like I'm not saying you can't do that joke I just like he literally is looking at the camera and then like a saxophone plays as he dies in, in order to underline the joke like, no kid would be going to that being like, hell yeah, Jack Slater. Like, even, even Black Dynamite, which is itself like a parody movie, like found a better way to ride that line of like, he's ridiculous, but also badass, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that failure to really, be- to get us to believe in Jack Slater it hovers over the whole movie and it makes everything else seem unbelievable. I don't know. I, I'm actually okay with that. Like, I, I guess maybe because the way the movie plays out when it does start becoming more about like Slater's, like, I guess, uh, realization that, you know, he's just, he's not real. He's, he's a work of and fiction. And that is the other mistake this movie makes. Oh god, okay. It can't dis- it could not decide if it wanted to be about a kid who gets sucked into an action movie or about an action star who gets into the real world. So they tried to do both and failed to do either. I don't know. I I like that it's broken up like kind of between like the hours of the movie, you know? Yeah, and this movie's too fucking long. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's fine. It's so long. It's a little long, but not not overly. It is so. shockingly long. It's let's see, it's it's 131 minutes. Eh, it's like you know, two ten. And it's essentially two movies because of that, and it commits to neither totally. So you can't get invested in either half. I was more invested in the second half. I think they do that a little better, and it is we get to see Arnold kind of stretch a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the but all the first hour of Jack Slater stuff, the joke is old before you even get into the movie. I don't know. Maybe I'm just fucking crazy. I got a real kick out of all that stuff, and it never ends up betraying like the eventual like attempt at character like catharsis in a way for me. You know, yeah, I I don't know. It just I it's one of those where like I'd rather them pick a movie and stick with it. Because it's already melding genres, but then it can't even decide what to do with its own premise. Now, it's melding genres, and it's like, it's it's both a love and hate letter, like I was saying, right? I think you kind of need both for this movie and, like, where they end up in the finale. Mm -hmm. You know, where it has to be, like, like the the love of cinema is the thing that keeps it alive. Mm -hmm. You know, you need both halves of this. You need the... The fictional representation, although yes, it's very it's more satirical at first, and then it becomes very sincere. And you also need, you know, the, the, the actual quality of the the stuff. You need it, it's like, like a I said, I think you know, I think the failure for the movie to get us to believe in Jack Slater kind of makes all that not land as well. Mm-hmm. Like in context, if you want to like if you replace Jack Slater with any other Arnold character, right, and imagine them meeting each other, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, like what happens in the climax and be like, okay, yeah, I believe the emotion of what's happening here. But in terms of what has been established with Jack Slater himself, I don't think they got it. Mm. Um. I don't know. I, I am much more positive on, on this. Um, 
I don't, everyone else seems to be. I've never gotten it. No, no, no. There are, there are plenty of people that don't like this movie. Mm. Plenty of them. Um, none of them are on Letterboxd. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you that my annoyance with this movie comes down to, like, even the title? Sure. Because it's called Last Action Hero, but you want to say The Last Action Hero? Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. I- I'll give you that annoyance, because, like, why the fuck... Is it not yeah. the last act? That is definitely movie. a studio note somewhere being like, people don't like the word the. Yeah. <laughs> also, here's just the nitpick. What kind of kid, like, is so like, ah, fucking uh, Shakespeare is so fucking boring, but also saw the movie Amadeus? <laughs> yes, that's a little strange. Well, oh, that's my, my, I guess my other big hangup is I do not like the kid. <laughs> Oh, if you don't like the kid, this movie has no chance. Yeah. Like, There's I, none. I don't know if it's his fault, but I don't think they they understand why a kid would even like a character like Jack Slater. I will say, I think the kid is the weak point of the movie. Not, I, yeah. I don't dislike him, but I think he needs a little work. You know what I mean? Like, that's the one part of the script that could use, like, some significant beefing There's up There's a on. lot there that they, they, they clearly tried where, like, he's got an absent father, right? So, like, he clearly... He, he looks to these action heroes kind of in, like, a replacement. And he lives, like, a shit life. And he lives in, a like, a slum where, like, you know, there's the real, the horrors of the real world. So he goes to the theater for, like, some escapism, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, all the pieces are there, and they just never really brought it together. There's, there's that scene. It's such a weird choice. There's a scene where... Uh, Jack Slater's in the real world and is having breakfast with the kid's mom. Mm-hmm. And, like, the joke is, like, the joke is, like, I never talked to a real woman before. Because every woman in the Jack Slater universe is just a, a supermodel who just instantly falls in love with them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it's this interesting thing where, like, they start, like, being like, why didn't you tell me you stayed out late? Why don't you listen to your mother? <laughs> He's, like, immediately slotted into his, like, the, the surrogate father role. Mm-hmm. And the kid's only reaction is like, Mom, you turned him into such a wimp. And I was like, you could have done a lot more there. You know? You know, I, yes. I I think you could have. I really disagree that the movie's way too long. I think the pacing of it, like, you kind of can only hit certain beats. You know, you can't spend too long with them. There's another bit later in the movie where... Arnold runs into himself as as Jack Slater meeting Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? And there's this, like, incredible moment where Arnold's trying to get him, like, a job, basically, like, as, as like, a, another version of himself, as a, as a stuntman or whatever. And uh, Slater just tells him, like, I really don't like you. You brought me nothing but pain. And it's, like, it's such a loaded moment <laughs> of, yeah, like... But it doesn't feel earned. I don't know. There's stuff there. There's there's enough there. There's like, no. There's a hundred percent. This movie is nothing but great ideas. <laughs> this movie is. It's this weird thing where I wish they would. You know, like how you talk about you, they should remake movies that didn't quite work the first time. Mm-hmm. Like a hundred percent remake the Last Action Hero. There's a great version of this movie, but I think because it's such a notorious bomb, we'll never see a remake of it. Uh, it, it it's just never gonna happen. But like, you could totally do this with The Rock, right? Oh my god, I think you could. No, now I know the fucking action Twitter people that listen to this uh, are going to like lynch us for saying that. 
But I, I think you could do it. I don't know who you get to direct it. I think that's yeah, the that's big the problem. Thing. Is there's not really a, that many great action directors anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're out there. They're just not given the fucking chance to do yeah, it. Yeah, I guess that's more um, what it is. Um, but I'll say, like, I don't. I kind of love Last Action Hero for its specificity of like the, uh, this hodgepodge of ideas coming out of the '80s and into the '90s. You can't say specificity and hodgepodge in the same. <laughs> okay, sentence. okay. Well, hodgepodge of stuff. There you go. Ignore specificity. Yeah. Can't don't try to fucking pull a fast one on me, Diego. I'll, I'll fucking pull a Jack Slater and blow up an ice don't, cream truck. <laughs> don't don't fucking pull some of your east your west coast liberal elitism on me <laughs> with your fancy words. I know what tricks you're trying to play. <laughs> um, yeah, I step outside my house and it looks like the street where fucking Charles Dance is walking and he's like, take his shoes. Take his shoes. Oh, is Charles Dance the greatest actor who's ever lived in this movie? I'll say this. He should have gotten a fucking Academy Award. He's the one guy who seems to be 100% on the correct wavelength of this movie. Like, every moment he gets it. I don't know what they told him or what he brought to the table. But he fucking nails it, man. I think he's just one of the best actors who's ever lived. Like, I, I really think it, do. It's one of those things where he, he was just... It's such a shame he was kind of... It feels like he was wasted for such a long time. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, he was kind of... Like, he would pop up in movies and you would like him, but he was never, like, the biggest thing on the planet. Um, yeah, like, I'm I looking mean, at his, his fucking resume right now, and it's like... It's... There's not a lot of gold here. He's yeah. gold always. Exactly. Like, but also you got to think this is back to back Alien Three, Last Action Hero, mm. which he gives two great performances and in two infamous movies. And he kind of, you know, he just kind of like hangs around the industry, popping up and shit. And then finally, he gets Game of Thrones, which seems to be the thing that really makes him. Yeah. Uh. Which he is fan like I know we've all kind of turned on Game of Thrones, but he is one of the like things that made that show a hit. Yeah, no, he is opinion. he is incredible. He might give the best performance of those first four seasons. Yeah, he it's might give the best like, performance like, in the show. Yeah, it's one of those things where when he's finally not on the show anymore, you can definitely they they clearly don't know what to do to fill his absence. Yeah, and not to uh, to besmirch. Uh, comrade George R. R. Martin right now. Um, I'm willing to bet he's kind of had some trouble filling that void. You know? Um, he did a bit better job if you actually read the books. No, no, he he does a significantly better job. Significantly, yeah. I, I kind of don't want to give it books, away for people see, that haven't read it. But uh, he was making a statement about Tywin's uh, legacy, and uh, you know you can rule like a cool guy, but your legacy is gonna be shit. That's why he doesn't shit gold bricks when he dies, which is the actual line in the book. Yeah. Um, which leads some people to think he might have secretly been poisoned, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, yeah. Which also um, never needs to be answered. Yeah, it really doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's, that is going to be when those books finally finish, the amount of unanswered questions is going to piss people off. But I know, I know. It. And there's going to be all these theories like, did he do this because they did it differently in the show? Did he do that because they had to do it in the show? And it's like, yeah. I don't know. I don't envy George R. R. Martin right now. <laughs> no, I do not. But, uh, hey, maybe he's got some free time to write his book now. <laughs> oh. He said he's writing every day. Yeah, but what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> no offense, no offense to George. I once calculated, like, let's just say, for sake of argument, he was writing one page a day. Mm-hmm. And let's say uh, the next Winds of Winter ends up being 1,500 pages long. 
how long would that take? And he should have finished like two years ago or <laughs> So it would be incredibly funny. He's like, I finished. Everyone's like, Yay! He's like, and now it's nine books. Oh, yeah, that's well, that's what he keeps doing. It was supposed to be four books. What, didn't it even start out as a trilogy? I think it might have, but at some point early on, like I think as you're being published, he was like, It's gonna be three it's gonna be four. Like Dance Dragons is gonna be the last one. And then he's like, Actually it's gonna be five. And then he's like, Nah, it's gonna be I think he didn't even bother saying it was gonna be six. He just jumped to seven. <laughs> like so. He's like, I'm covering my bases here. Just it's yeah. gonna be seven. There's gonna be seven. But also there's gonna there's gotta be the other second half of Fire and Blood, which is the history of the Targaryens. <laughs> and then he's also gotta finish the Dunkin' Egg series, which allegedly there's like 12 more stories to that. That's so, incredible. Guy guy cannot stop announcing stories. Mm. But but you know what? Hey. Respect. I, I kind of hope he never finishes the books now, just so he kind of just does his whatever else he wants. I need a li- I just need a couple more answers. <laughs> yeah, no, I would love them to be finished. I just need to know what the White Walkers' whole deal is. Yeah, yes, because the show... It, it looked like they were going to get there, and then they're just like, no, they're all, it's really boring, generic, dark power stuff, and then yeah. they die. Yeah. It's like, okay, I guess. You stab the leader, they all die. Yeah. Without their heads, they're powerless. <laughs> um. <laughs> like the fucking droids in Phantom Menace. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Which works because they're robots in that movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess it works there, but what a weird... What a weird uh, thing that happened. I know. That, man, those guys, they just burned their whole careers to the ground. A like, little bit. Oh, they have, the, doing... they have the ten-body problem coming out, though. Three-body problem, Three... you idiot. Wow, <laughs> ten-body What the fuck? Three-body problem. <laughs> yeah, the famous mathematical <laughs> ten-body problem. <laughs> um, yeah, but who who cares? Like, I think they dropped the trailer for it and no one gave a shit. Did they really? That's not real. I think so. What the fuck? But, hey. Also, like, it's going to be one of those things where people are going to be like... it. Where people are going to get weirdly nationalistic about that thing. Mm. They're going to support a story written by someone from China. That's 100% what's going to happen. I'm not looking forward to that. Am I, am I wrong? No. Am I wrong? No. Am I wrong? I just said no. What the fuck? Last action hero. Yeah, you know who else is really fun in this movie? The main antagonist of Jack Slater 3, Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan is fun, um, but also, like, they, he's kind of underutilized. Well, he's only in two uh, scenes, really. Yeah. But he looks fucking wild. He looks like a fucking... I, he looks like he walked off the set of a canon movie production. That's the canon movie guy right there. <laughs> it is funny that Tom Noonan does appear as himself in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. Even if it's only for half a second, because like, no one knows who the fuck Tom Noonan is. No offense to Tom Noonan. I know who but Tom Noonan is. We do, but yeah. the average person doesn't. Thank you so. for one of the best performances in what might be my favorite movie. <laughs> um. There's a lot of fucking great actors in this too. Uh, Robert there are. Prosky. A lot of them are wasted. Robert Prosky is great. Robert Prosky Robert is good. not he's, wasted he's not, in this. He's not in it enough. He um, warms my heart in this movie. He's fine. I had such an emotional reaction to seeing him 
realize that it's no longer his dreams that are as important. It's it's giving this kid the chance to believe in the picture show. Sure, he gives him a ticket, doesn't know what the fuck it does. And no, no, no. In the back half, the first half, he doesn't know I know, what it does. but... The, fucking, the, 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 the whole... The setup of the actual ticket, it's not really... You really don't need to, but it is a really sweaty setup. It is very sweaty. Um, what did this ticket do before movies? I don't think it existed before movies. It, it had to have. He got it from Harry oh. Houdini, who got it from, like, a bunch of other magicians. That's right, that's right. I don't know. I guess it lets you hop into the world of paintings? Actually, that could be interesting. You hop Why would you need a paint- ticket to see a painting? I don't know. I don't know these things. I didn't write this. Like, like I'm saying, it doesn't really... That Ultimately, that's really a nitpick on my part, but like, I'm it not, is one of those where like, I couldn't help but wonder. I'm not Zach Penn. I'm not Adam Leff. I'm not Larry Ferguson. I'm not William Goldman, Carrie Fisher, Shane Black. <laughs> any of the ghost writers and script doctors on this movie. <laughs> you think they maybe had one too many cooks in the kitchen? For this movie, maybe, but I will say again, William Goldman worked. Thankfully, on this movie. it doesn't feel like it was written by twelve different people who never spoke to each other. <laughs> you don't get that feeling at all watching this movie. I really don't think you do. I, it I it doesn't feel it. like each individual scene might as well take place in its own separate universe. No, no, I don't. I definitely don't feel that. Yeah, it could be more cohesive. I agree there. It could definitely be more cohesive. Um, it is crazy that Carrie Fisher and William Goldman both worked on this, though. Like, yeah. Scene Black makes sense. Carrie Fisher, you know, one of the legendary script doctors of Hollywood after the Star Wars trilogy. Goldman William... got, like, a million dollars for a week's, uh, like, four weeks worth of writing on the movie. Oh, my. What a fucking legend. One of my favorite grumpy old men of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. R.A.P. <laughs> Look, if you write Marathon Man, like, do whatever you want. It's fine. No, Goldman was a great writer, but it's also like all these people don't feel like they should be writing the same script. You know what I'm saying? I would actually agree with that. The movie still works for me, not even in spite of that. Like it, it, it feels like it's a, it's such a specific flavor of of Hollywood bloat that's kind of like reined together by John McTiernan's like fucking wild direction. You know, sure. like. I, I think it's it's there's Here's, nothing else. Uh, I my right other now. complaint is all the action in this movie looks really expensive. You can also feel like it's been toned down a little, which is the, I think the studio's fault because they really wanted a PG thirteen rating for this thing. Uh, I will say in the first scene when I was rewatching it for this, I was like, is this gonna not work for me this time? Mm. I didn't really feel it the rest of the movie, but that first scene you definitely feel it like. When they throw the body off the roof, right? And mm. you don't even see the impact. I was like, wait, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> Every scene in this fucking movie looks so expensive. Like, it's distracting almost. Especially when you know how much it bombed. I kind of love the expense. I'm like, give me that fucking opulence. Yeah, if but I'm going a little... to a movie that's but, this crazy. But action movies aren't meant to be opulent. No, but if you're going to blow a bunch of shit up, I want it to look good and have it look cool when it's blowing up. I feel like I'm on, like, the studio backlot tour a lot of the time watching this movie. Maybe that's an aesthetic choice made by... I think it's a choice, and I think it was the wrong choice. Okay. But, uh... See, this is funny, because I think we we agree with the the pros and the cons of this movie. Mm. It's just that 
some of them work for you and some of them work for me, you know? Or don't, in your case. I have no idea what the fuck you just said, Diego. I, I think we're in complete agreement. Are you like, okay? Are you having a mental breakdown? I am. I am, actually. Are you having a heart attack? Maybe a stroke of some kind. It's very hot in this room. A stroke of genius! <laughs> um. I, I think we agree with everything about the movie. Like, the good and the bad of it. Right? Yeah. I just don't care about the hang-ups, I guess. I think, I think what you're trying to say is you're weak and I'm a genius. <laughs> yeah, that's, anyway, that's exactly what I'm saying. You know what's another sign of problems early on in this movie? Hmm. Uh, so we get like the whole scene where uh, Rob Prosky living in the projection booth. He's living the dream. We see like the real world. We go to his boring school. And the teacher's like, today we're going to learn about Hamlet. Technically, he's one of the first action stars. If you're going to besmirch this great scene of cinema right now. <laughs> no, here's something. That scene, when he imagines the fake Hamlet trailer, mm-hmm. maybe the best part of the movie. Okay, okay. <laughs> that that scene is hysterical. Yeah. Also, the, 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 the teacher, that was, uh, uh, I can't remember her name, but it's Laurence Olivier's wife. So she's literally introducing a movie that her husband's in. (laughs) So that's an interesting pull. It is. Uh, But the Hamlet trailer is really good. It makes perfect sense that this would be what a kid imagines as the action movie version of Hamlet, right? Yeah, there's something happening in the state of Denmark. There's something rotten in the state of Denmark. (laughs) Yeah, it's really funny. Um but it's also the exact same tone and vibe of allegedly the real Jack Slater, which I think is a problem. Wait, why is that a problem? Because Jack Slater should fuck. It should feel like a Lethal Weapon movie. Kids, kids, young kids are attracted to action movies because they feel a little dangerous when you watch them, because they're violent and like it kind of freaks you out. But it's also exciting. That's why kids like action movies. There's something kind of dangerous about him. There's no danger to a Jack Slater movie. You think Even it's, it goes it's, against a guy it's called too the Ripper silly. who holds like a giant axe. Like it all feels like the edges are sanded off the the real Jack Slater. Is your main criticism that it's too silly basically? It that oh, that's definitely a part of it but Again, like, I don't. I don't want to dismiss your your legitimate qualms with the movie. I to just go beyond it. it being silly, because sometimes the jokes work, right? Like, yeah. and I'm fine with silly. Ultimately, it's more that it just it feels like I'm watching, like a fun house. I don't know what the, what the word is, but like, he looks like a McDonald's commercial. Like, it doesn't look like. You know, when you watch you watch something like Predator, like you can see like the tactility to him, like it feels gritty, right? Mm-hmm. Like now, obviously, it's not. It's very stylized, ultimately. But like when he gets hurt, it you can feel the pain when you watch it. When you watch Lethal Weapon, people get fucked up in that movie. Die Hard, his feet get all destroyed. Like there's an intensity to it that Jack Slater never has. And, like, that's part of the joke where, like, when if he gets shot with a bullet wound that would kill you in real life, he could just walk away in the movie. Mm-hmm. Which is true for all the movies I just described. <laughs> but those movies still tried to make you feel the pain, you know? Whereas Jack Slater feels too soft around the edges, you know? 
I guess the qualm you have is like not not again not to diminish your other other the claims and stuff like that, but if Jack Slater, the character, the in-universe franchise character, had a little more grit to him, and he wasn't inherently satirical, right? Like if we if you, someone turned on this movie for the first time, didn't know what they were watching, you kind of don't want them to know they're watching a comedy. You want them to see a real action movie for the first two minutes, right? Before yeah. you, you pull back and reveal the kid in the theater. Exactly. Okay. And you can still have these satirical elements, but they're so like, in this it's such a like, see what we're doing here, wink, wink. Whereas like, I feel like there's a better way to do those jokes while making it subtle, right? Mm-hmm. Like when he went in the, the opening of Jack Slater 4, he's like, my favorite second cousin lives here. Like the joke <laughs> being like, so many of his family gets murdered in each film. And... Like, because of course, like, I mean, that's that's straight out of the Death Wish movies, right? That every movie suddenly has a new friend who gets murdered in the opening. Mm-hmm. But, like, there, it's it's too, it's too, on the nose, I guess. Like, there should be like it. I don't know. It should be somewhat more believable than what it is. Like, I should believe these characters are somewhat real in the way that you believe any of the action characters I've already mentioned are real. Now, they're obviously not, but you believe in enough of them, right, mm-hmm. to to go along with the ride. Like, but pe- people like Merton Riggs obviously don't exist, <laughs> but you watch those movies and you believe in them enough that they can carry that film. And here, I, you just don't see it. Um, and I think, I think a big, I think part of it is the the aim for the PG-13 rating, which then leads to the only fallback they really have for the action is explosions. And you get a little tired of looking at explosions after a while. You might. I don't. I absolutely do, because they all look the same in this fucking movie. <laughs> I I just don't see it this way, I guess. Um, yeah. I love that it's so unreserved, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it has no interest in being subtle. Now, if you want that, like, like Matt... Gringo does you're not gonna like this movie that much yeah um I don't even know if it has to be subtle I'm just saying that the way they didn't be the way they weren't subtle here is what made it not work I think part of it is because here's my big thing you read a lot and a lot of what like the people will say in retrospect with this movie is that it wasn't enough of a comedy to satisfy comedy fans and it wasn't enough of an action movie to satisfy action fans so it ended up pleasing no one right that seems to be the general takeaway from executives. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, they miss what the movie really is, which is that it's a fantasy adventure film. Mm-hmm. It's it's not an action comedy film. And they don't do enough to... There's barely anything to make it work as a fantasy adventure film, which is what it ultimately is. Now, you could retool it to make it not a fantasy adventure film, but they, they don't seem to realize that that's what they've accidentally settled on as a genre. And that's where I think it kind of fails. Um, hmm. So I never thought of it that way. The fantasy adventure part, I mean. But um, yeah, yeah, I guess the, that could be. It's more. Hangout. It's all uh, like I'm not just saying this to like dunk on the movie. It's a lot closer to something like Goonies than it is to Die Hard. You know. Yes, I would it's, completely agree with that. And and that's a problem if you think you're making Die Hard. <laughs> 
even if you think you're making a parody of Die Hard, if you don't acknowledge that your movie is mostly a Goonies type film, you're going to make a bad movie. It's or, amazing it works as well as it does, considering that. But it, it, again, I don't think they ever cracked it. Okay, here's a take then. You got Goonies for the the adventure kids, right? The the Indiana Jones Amblin kids. You got um, Monster Squad for the horror kids. Yeah. Is Last Action Hero that for the action kids? It could have been, but I don't think I don't think they wanted it to be. I don't. I think they kind of because those are both movies that maybe they thought. They either didn't even acknowledge or maybe wanted to distance themselves from, but it should have maybe been Goonies for action kids, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, but I also, I, I feel like, no offense to people working on it, but it feels like they're just, their finger is just slightly off the pulse as to what kids in 1993 were interested in, you know? I don't I don't I, take any uh, negativity away from that statement. I, I would agree with that. I. I could not tell you how well this stacks up for like what kids were interested in that in those days. Yeah. You know, it feels like it's like two years too late, you know, mm-hmm. like they, they just missed the window where this really would have worked. Um, Cause I think like that early, you got that early Nintendo era too was like a lot of that was like running and gunning type video games. So kids were like into that type of shit, you know, mm-hmm. but I think by like the nineties, those kids are grown up and then what's going to be the blockbuster movie, which is the movie that was released one week before Last Action Hero, which was Jurassic Park, and that ends up defining the blockbuster season more um, than something like The Last Action Hero. And I that's that that ultimately wasn't something to really parody because like the 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 wake of blockbusters that came after Jurassic Park were all kind of like CGI heavy movies because they didn't really learn the right lessons from Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. But this kind of action movie is, like, over by 1993. So that didn't help it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe if they had leaned into, like, kids that were specifically, they they love going to Blockbuster every week. Maybe it was a group of kids that love going to Blockbuster every week. Or maybe they go to this one theater all the time to watch action movies. And they've watched, like, every... And they, they, they're the type of kids who argue, like, who would win in a fight? Stallone, Schwarzenegger. Which is surprisingly something that's never discussed in this film. Um, maybe something like that would play a little better with this setup. But, uh, yeah. There's not, there's just, there isn't enough here for that fantasy adventure angle that you could even advertise it that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though the poster, the poster is the most action fantasy adventure thing ever. Oh, yeah. yeah Arnold right. hanging from the helicopter, yeah. carrying the kid with the explosion of the tele- or the movie screen behind them. Yeah, which I guess Arnold was the one who said he wanted the poster to look like this. You know what? I would say every... good for him. It's a good poster. But in retrospect, everyone agreed it was a mistake. Aww. Because they said it made it look too much like a kid's film. Poor guy. Yeah. Is that a Drew Struzan? Did he do that? It looks like a did. Drew Struzan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's not a bad poster. Yeah, maybe just wrong for the movie. Yeah. Could have been the Blu-ray cover or something. But again, I think the other challenge is like it the movie never totally figures out what it is. I think that's the ultimate thing this movie struggles with. I don't know. I I I think it it works significantly better than you're giving it credit for. But do you think it works as a whole? Like I I understand if you want to go take the 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 scenes 
and you say like the majority of scenes ultimately work even if they don't come together. Like I could I could mm-hmm. see someone saying that. What I I just don't agree with at all is that I don't think this movie ever comes together as a solid movie. You know what? Hot darn it, I do. At least really by do. the end. At least by the end. It, it feels like the end is a genuine culmination of all these disparate, messy pieces of parody and satire and genuine sincerity, and it somehow makes it all work. And I find it very, very sweet. I guess, but I gotta be honest, I did not feel that at all. But also by that point in the movie, I was kind of so bored, like I was barely paying attention. Boo. It, it, there's a lot of stretches of this movie that are just like, let's all right, let's wrap this up. Like, let's get let's get this over. <laughs> the big one being that the like the extended scenes of the kid trying to prove that it's a movie, mm-hmm. which is like there's no tension or wit to any of that. It's just like a long scene of him like being like, oh, let's go to the blockbuster, and just like, hey, I know this because of the movie. And it's like it's there's not there's nothing engaging about that at all. The only funny part in that is I can't remember exactly what he does, but he reveals something that only the captain and Jack Slater would know. Mm-hmm. And the captain's like, "You taught you told me that in confidence." Like, <laughs> that's like the one that like really made me laugh. But other than that, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, stop! Let's get. I want to. It's like I'm. It's it's kind of a like. When do we get to the fireworks factory type thing? <laughs> it's like okay, we're in Jack Slater. Let's do some fucking Jack Slater shit. Let's do some action. And like instead of kids like, hey, I'll prove to you that this is a movie. And the kid also, I can't tell if the kid is frightened to be stuck in a movie or if he's excited to be in the movie. Again, I, I think I agree mostly with the kid stuff. Yeah, like um, which I think doesn't help either. Hmm. What was a movie like this where, like, the person gets their wit? You know you know what this movie is? It's kind of like fucking Pleasantville. Do you remember the movie Pleasantville? Yep, we talked about it. Yeah, where they get sucked in the TV. And, like, Don Knotts is, like, a magical TV repairman who does it. And he does it because he thinks that they're big fans of the show. And then they're like, no, he just learned all this trivia because he wanted to win some sort of contest. And Don Knotts is so offended, he's like, well, I'm leaving you then. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so, like, they don't really want to be there is part of it and that that's at least a choice I, they never really make a choice with the kid here which doesn't help yeah i think we're just gonna have to accept that it's a good movie and you can go in the corner and be a sourpuss about it you're such a coward diego <laughs> you know what's the really good moment early on in uh when he gets sucked into the movie because uh, uh, I don't totally like. Um, no, I don't oh. like the ice cream truck gag. Um, but it, it they never settle on it, which is what's annoying. But there's there is an attempt from the directing standpoint to try and be like, this is what it would feel like if you were suddenly in a car in an action scene, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're so used to seeing these action scenes from afar, but now imagine you were actually in it. So, like, when the camera's in the car with Jack Slater and the kid, it's really engaging. And when they do that jump over the Coca-Cola truck, that's really cool. That's a really cool one. And then when you see the, the other truck just flip over in the background, yeah, <laughs> that's a really good moment. Um, I really like that. I, I, I The other stuff in that scene, I'm not totally uh, 
a fan of. Boo. Um, but why is Professor Tora Tanaka in this? Essentially, is his character from Pee Wee's Big Adventure? I have no idea. Well, you know who else is in this? Quick cameos. Uh, they're at the police station we talked about earlier. Robert Patrick. Yeah. And the great Sharon Stone. But as her character from Basic Instinct? If it, I, I was reading about the, the behind the scenes of this movie. And uh, the, famously, they, were, they showed a very incomplete uh, cut of the movie to test audiences who basically revolted. And then uh, Columbia TriStar tried to destroy all the notes they got, all the uh, audience notes. But in doing so, that just raised further questions and people thought it actually got received a lot worse than it did. Oh. So they kind of shot themselves in the foot. But there was a like thing about like a lot of the jokes weren't landing. There was a lot of confusion. And I was thinking about like, what do you cut from this movie? To like try and make it like a little easier for audiences to understand, right? Mm-hmm. And I would be like, cut all these cameos. Like that is the the big thing is like those cameos don't make any sense. The 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 buddy cop thing doesn't make any sense. I'd be like, cut that. But for some insane reason, they make the fucking animated cat like integral to the plot of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't just cut him. And if you can't just cut him, you can't cut the setup. And if you can't cut the setup, you can't cut all the confusing cameos. Yeah, I don't really understand the thought process behind the the cameos and like the. It shared feels like something left over from an earlier draft, right? Mm-hmm. Like that it made sense at one point, and now it just doesn't. Yeah, like because mm-hmm. I mean, if if it's like Roger Rabbit for action movies, right? Like let's say mm-hmm. that's the pro- there's there's more structural changes you have to to. Uh, achieved to make that happen yeah. but let's say that's the thing of this movie right it makes more sense and it's clearly calling out the Looney Tunes thing because they do like specifically reference Looney Tunes cartoons in it like mm-hmm. the fucking villains in the opening are throwing bombs from the from Acme like yeah yeah like th- that's and if it had picked that lane and stuck in it maybe I would have bought it a little more but it's like so all over the place because you're also this is also like Jack Slater dealing with the death of his child who also doesn't technically exist so like it's it's such a strange collection of things but that it, the cartoon stuff had they been like more just that lane it maybe would have worked but it feels like it just feels like a classic thing of like a studio looked at this and went like, this movie will appeal to everybody and it just ended up appealing to nobody. <laughs> and 30 years on, it appeals to me and yeah. me only. Yeah. I mean, no, it's got no, a cult they're... following. Yeah, yeah. Um, gotta give a shout out to a Bridget Wilson making her second appearance on this podcast. Woo! Haven't seen her since Billy Madison. Yeah, go Bridget. Go Bridget. Sorry about your in role this. in both films. <laughs> No, she's very fun. She gets it. Like, she totally gets what she's there to okay, do. No, she you know? is not the problem. Again, yeah. like I was mentioning my hang up with the kid stuff. Uh, not really about the character of the kid. It's just what they kind of... The, the male fantasy elements of it are yeah. very, like, obvious. And it's like, Jesus. <laughs> and it just, it just feels weird in a story that is kind of a kid's film, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I said, it's just this movie's a fucking mess. You know, I think I—I I mean, you mentioned it before too, how they were like trying to keep that PG thirteen rating. 
if it was just like like a really bloody R, you know, and they kept like insane amounts of violence in it and just had this narrative going through it still, like the same narrative is just way more violent. There's so much more blood, right? I think that makes it kind of inherently funnier. But you got to make the kids yeah. more scared there. Yeah, I think it would be funny. I like, think it's funny it now. Would, it's funnier to play it straight. Like, there is no straight man in this movie, though. At least not for, like, the long term. Like, I think you need that for, like, the, the majority of the, the premise. But I'm telling know, you, like, the tone of this movie should have been Black Dynamite. <laughs> Maybe, I threw that but, shit before I walked in the room. But Black like, Dynamite is a masterpiece, so it's a high But I'm bar. telling you, that's what... If Jack Slater had been that, I would have bought it. <laughs> like, if he'd been, like, so badass, it's, like, ridiculous. Like, he's literally ready for any contingency, like... <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what they go for with the first half. They try, but he's still a little too goofy. Like, it, like they don't find it. They don't find the right amount. It's a, I'm not I don't want to downplay. I think it's a lot harder to find than I'm maybe giving credit like but I don't think they succeeded. So. Hmm. Hey, this movie has the same plot as the Star Trek the Next Generation episode Elementary My Dear Data. Oh, how about that? Did you ever think about that? No, but here, we can go even further and start naming other films that are about protagonists jumping into fictional worlds. Well, here, you know, let me ask to... you this really quick. Let me ask you this. Do you like that, I guess, trope or that story idea? Um, I don't know. I, can you really be angry at, like, a trope? No, no. But, like, like, the, like, you can, like, dislike something, you know? In the right hands, I'm sure it can be done fine. Although, off the top of my head, I can't think of one. Uh, well, there was... This is not a good example of it. This is a very mm. bad example of it. But there was The Dark Tower... That just came out a couple years back. Oh yeah, but that's a whole. That's a different. That's like more like in the John Carter getting sucked to another world type zone. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know what? I guess I do like this story because I I have been writing. I totally forgot. I wrote a script that is basically that. There you go. Look at that. Uh, But Um, it's an idea I find very fascinating too. I I would love to come up with something that kind of fit the mold of this. I am not against your idea to remake this movie with, like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson um, after he gets some cred back. Because I am a Dwayne Johnson fan, like, as an actor. Mm. You know, I, I do want yeah, to... Yeah, he, he Honestly, I think he would be good. He just picks bad projects. Yeah. Like, um, Arnold had as big an ego as The Rock does now. It's just Arnold had a better run, you know? Yeah, yeah. And now Arnold struggles to find movies worthy of his talent, quite frankly. Um it, Although, coincidentally, I watched the Arnold documentary um, that's on Netflix right now, the mm-hmm. three-part documentary, and it's a very strange documentary. Oh, okay. Um, just because it's basically him being like, yes, I achieved everything. <laughs> and like he talks about his career, and he's like, nothing stopped me. I made it to the top of the mountain. And he's like, but he like is like alone in his giant house. Oh. Like, he's fucking Charles Foster Kane, but totally doesn't seem to be aware of it. Rosebud. Like, yeah. He kind of, like he owns up to like he it was maybe a mistake to cheat on his wife. But, yeah, maybe, maybe. Who um, could who could say? Who could yeah. say? Who among us? Who among us? But uh <laughs> it's it's a very strange documentary to watch a guy be like, Yes, I accomplished things and I never complained and I I worked hard and like he it looks like he's not happy. 
It's like the end of The Irishman when the documentary crew leaves. He's like, could you leave the door a bit open? A little bit, yeah. Aww. A little bit. But uh, also, he there's a big part in it where it, like he admits that the failure of this movie like almost broke him. Aww, that's a bummer. That, like he really believed in this movie, and a lot. Of, I I read a I have a book that I read years ago called Hit and Run, which is about uh, John Peters and uh, Peter Goober. I've bro- John Peters making his second appearance on this retrospective, I believe, when they took over uh, Columbia TriStar and basically ran it into the ground over the course of like two years. Jesus. And this is one of the examples of what of some of the uh, mistakes that were made. Um, Art, they part of getting Arnold on board was basically giving him a lot of creative control, particularly with how the movie was marketed, and it was Arnold's choice to kind of pull back on the violence, mm. which he later admitted he thought was a mistake. And he, he also he was the one who's like, I want Jack Slater to be more emotional when he's in the real world, and that's when I think they brought William Goldman in to like fluff up that stuff. But it was literally like they were kind of just building it as they were making it, you know. Yeah, um, it, and it was a lot of Arnold being like, "I want the movie to be more like this," and he really believed in it and thought it got to show a different side of himself. And then it bombed, and he was like really broken up about it. And thankfully, James Cameron came in and gave him True Lies, which kind of like brings him is like he bounces back almost immediately. I'll say this: I think True Lies is better written. It is also a movie that is deeply unpleasant to watch a lot of the times. <laughs> um, yeah, but I would I would watch True Lies over this any day of the week. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I would. True Lies is like fucking wild. Yeah, it's, but... it's fucking psychotic. It's it, it's definitely a pre nine eleven America movie. You but know? it's committed to its bit. <laughs> it's oh oh boy, is it? It's committed to the bit. Yeah, it's absolutely written and directed by a man who was divorced fucking like five times or whatever. Yeah. Who doesn't? Who thinks he can, has finally figured out why his wives are leaving him, and his conclusion is insane. <laughs> if, if I just oh, I should have gaslit them. Yeah, I should have <laughs> gaslit my wives more. I can't wait for okay. Avatar three to five. I'm not even joking. Yeah. <laughs> James Cameron is an insane person. But, he is. He is. Um, but I'd rather see someone's just insane fever dream of an idea than like this, which it feels like the only person who was really in, that invested in it was Arnold. Maybe that's why I like it, too, because, like, I, I am an Arnold fan. I'm a big Arnold fan, you know? Like, as much as you can be of a human being you never met. Yeah. Um, no, like, I am, too. I, I love Arnold, and I keep trying to get him back on the show. Like, and there I you like go. Look, I, I bring you this gift, this great gift, and you but besmirch the man. I think Arnold deserves better, is what I'm saying. Because I agree with you. The emotional stuff, when he kind of gets to be, like, when he's, like, my whole world's a fucking joke, he actually sells that really well. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I wish the movie was more of that, but it's so many other things, it doesn't allow that to really take root. And I know you're like, I'm fine with it, which you're because you're fucking fine with everything. <laughs> but like, oh, there's something we're gonna talk about that I'm not fine with. But we'll. Well, get what that. is that? Let's let's get that out of the way. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get that. It's not. It's not this movie. Oh well, then I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But uh. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um. I don't know. I I think it is even better than its cult reputation precedes it. Um, it is. I a think mess. I maybe would have enjoyed it had I seen it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But now in a post Deadpool type world, 
I just hate this type of humor. <laughs> this is this fucking wipes the floor with that though. Yeah, but that's an incredibly low bar. Well, yeah, but like, yeah, I mean, fucking Tom McTiernan still directs the fucking shit out of this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. McTiernan feels a little bored at times. I definitely do not feel that. But I've also I not think... ever heard him talk about the movie. Uh, a lot of what I've heard him say is not positive. That sounds about right. And but he he's... said, I kind of just, he said, he thinks he was kind of sleepwalking through it. Him fucking sleepwalking still, like, wipes the floor with so yeah. many other people, though, which is, like, According to you, crazy. according to me, it still looks a little boring. I don't know, uh, man. There, there's there's moments, fucking... there's definitely great moments. I think the whole, honestly, like, as dumb as the setup is, I do like the Leo the Fart sequence. <laughs> Like, it is, like, kind of, like, it, it finds this really good balance of being funny, but also engaging as, like, an action scene mm-hmm. in a way that a lot of the other scenes just don't. But, uh, he's not, like, not there. And there and he does do some interesting visuals. I really like the real world, uh, the, the chicken scene mm-hmm. when the two cars just drive straight into each other. <laughs> Which is both also, like, funny, but also, like, kind of tense. Like, it is, Yeah. That scene really works. Also, the crash is, like, really brutal. <laughs> it is, but it's, like, brutal and, like, oh, shit, he might have just died, but it's also funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, it, that's, that scene really works. But um, there's just other stuff in it that doesn't. And I do think he didn't do... He wasn't strong enough at, def, at defining the real world versus the movie world. They tried their best, though. Like, they're, everyone's trying really hard. Which is also what Arnold apparently said to the crew when it was when uh, production was like when it was very clear the movie had bombed. Mm. He had like met with the crew and he was like, "You guys all did great work. You, don't, you have nothing to be ashamed of." Like, he like apparently tried to make everyone feel better. No. So. That was my governor. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, he did such a great job. I wouldn't say that. I'm just saying. <laughs> No mistakes or complaints for him as governor. I'm just saying, it's very strange that... Wouldn't it be weird if he basically became your governor because of Enron? (laughs) Wouldn't that be a weird thing to find out? That would be unfortunate. Wouldn't it be a weird thing to find out that the the CEOs of uh, Enron met with Arnold before he had even announced he was running for governor? Wonder what that's about. Wouldn't it be weird if, like, they were deliberately cl- crashing the California grid to boost up the price of energy to prop up the fact that there were millions upon billions of lies and profit at the Enron Corporation? Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't it be crazy if they basically orchestrated that whole recall election? Wouldn't that be something? Gray Davis has terminated opportunities, and now it is time we terminate Gray Davis. <laughs> That's one of the speeches he actually gave. Maybe we've always lived in a world run by crazy people. Yeah. No, no, that was the moment. When <laughs> Arnold became governor of California, that was the moment we all should have been like, things are fucked up. <laughs> I think it's, that's actually, I think that's Pat Oswalt's joke. <laughs> where he was like, he's like, he's like, for a, he's like, I read comic books, and for a while I was getting real scared that we lived in like, the dark, evil parallel universe to the good, happy universe. And then he was like, but then I realized we actually live in the wacky parallel universe. <laughs> Where he's like, on our planet, torture is legal and Arnold Schwarzenegger is governor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, he nailed it. 
I think we're winding down here. I, I just got a couple, like, mini, mini little notes. Pivot. You think The Rock's going to pivot to politics? Uh, I think he wants to, but I, I think he needs to build up support again. Not that I want him to. I want to yeah, make really that clear. Should. Now, when does Chris Pratt announce he's running for office? Um, After the Marvel stuff dies down. Mm-hmm. He's 100% running and he's going to win. You think so? Just warning everyone. Um, that's a hundred percent common. You don't want that. We don't, but it's gonna happen. Some positives to take away from the movie. I think the fact, if you want to be a politician, it means you're fucked up. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, sure, maybe if you want to be like a local alderman and like just like want to help your community or something, but like. That's different. Wanna, that's different. If you want to be a governor of a state, you're fucked up. Like, <laughs> that's just how it is. Yeah, what's that great fucking line in this when he's like, oh, you know, you're from the, the fake world or whatever, like, real world, we got all these problems, like, you know, like, politicians, uh, disease, forest fires, war, which is the word fires, out, but... politicians, you said politicians twice, I know they're twice as bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. John McTiernan's got some, he's got some moves. Wow, he doesn't like politicians, that's such a rare opinion to have. I don't know. Just saying, just saying. That's that's some no offense. That's some milk toast. Like throwing some shade <laughs> at the government. Like maybe it's just because I, I keep I've heard this ad. <laughs> I, I keep getting this ad that is like it's. I think it's it's from some conservative organization, and it's like, what should the government do to stop inflation? And some guy is is supposed to be like the dumb Democrat is like more reckless spending, and I'm just like, how does anyone fall for this? Like, does someone really think someone's like, like that the other side is like, you know, what's a great idea. Reckless spending. Yeah. <laughs> like we all disagree with that. Yeah. Like, how does anyone think that's a political position to be against reckless spending? We're all against reckless spending. It's what we spend it on that we disagree on. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um. Last things I want to shout out. Uh, Dean Semler, director of photography on this. Um, he worked with George Miller on Beyond Thunderdome, Mad Max 2. A really talented guy. He also shot uh, Young Guns and Young Guns 2. I don't know if you're a Young Guns fan. You know what? I've never seen the Young Guns movies. Fuck. You know what? I think Young Guns 2 is a failed blockbuster. Are they worth watching? I don't. I don't know. I, I want you to watch them and get back to me. I don't... Some people really like them, is what I'll yeah. say. Some people really I like them. I think those, like, 80s westerns kind of never really appealed to me, you know? We might be on the same wavelength with them. <laughs> like, that's... Because they're so, like, Reagan era, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, westerns get really interesting in the 60s and 70s, and then they just kind of go like, can't we just go back to good old-fashioned gunslinging? Yeah. And it's like, no, we can't. But they tried. They did. Uh, they and sure then, did. I guess just last shout-out. I, I have more stuff, but I guess don't need to talk about it. Uh, the music is by Michael Kamen, who, mm. like, he, he's the composer for every classic 80s action movie that you love, yeah. basically. He he was like the best. Oh, he also scored Life Force in Brazil. Oh boy! In the same year. Yeah. I don't know. You know what's kind of fascinating in. about this movie? Mm. 
as it is part of the it is one of the most notorious failed blockbusters of all time, right? Yeah. Like it opening a week after Jurassic Park like goes down in history as one of the biggest mistakes of all time, right? Yeah. Like people are like what what idiot made that decision? And according to what I was reading, it wasn't even the biggest flop for Columbia that year. Really? Yeah. Um, two other movies, uh, Geronimo, the American legend, which I don't think anyone remembers. It's the, uh, the, who played, West Studi, I think played Geronimo. Yeah, I remember that movie. Um, and the, uh, failed music, it was a movie, the movie shot as a musical and then reshot to take out all the musical elements out. Another also satire of Hollywood. Oh no. Movie called I'll Do Anything. Um, James L. Brooks, I believe his follow-up to Broadcast News, both flopped harder than Last Action Hero. But everyone remembers Last Action Hero as the flop because of how notorious it was. Well, did they those other movies destroy test cards? No. See? That's like, probably it was, what it did. They, 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 but they, there was such a... The executives got so bullish on Last Action Hero because they thought it was such a guaranteed hit that when it started going away, they couldn't hide from the fact that they had backed it so hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I believe I'll Do Anything was one of those that, like, it quietly got released, like, in January or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they just kind of went like, eh. But, like, this also came after, like, a year of bad press with Columbia TriStar and how bad things were going over there. And this was a 1993 was a particularly terrible year for them, and Last Action Hero just happens to be the poster child of what they considered everything wrong. And it looks like yeah, it's like the only one that was basically all Columbia. Like there was very few other entities involved in the movie. So, well, now I have to ask you this. So we're we're talking about like notorious bombs that like change the face of an entire studio, mm-hmm. basically. And they leave a mark of like of shame, essentially. You had mentioned that twenty twenty three might have some worthy contenders for the failed blockbusters next oh, season. Oh yeah, is the Flash this for Warner Brothers? You think now it could be. I mean, the, the Flash they were so bullish on it, and then it just died immediately. I will say, I, I read an interview with an executive uh, that one of the executives. It's just one of those classic things where these guys just don't understand movies. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, one of the producers of this movie, he also produced an adaptation of Hamlet and asked for a plot synopsis to be sent to him. He needed a plot synopsis for Hamlet, um, but also walked out of notoriously bad movies that they had produced. I think Bonfire of the Vanities they had produced with Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And he walked out of it and said, that's the greatest movie I've ever seen. Which feels a little similar to Zaslav saying, The Flash is the greatest superhero movie he's ever seen. Mm -hmm. So, there's some parallels. Yeah, yeah. Now, you and I have not seen The Flash. We we did half an episode just shit-talking it because it's such a gross movie that has to exist, right? Um, I feel comfortable never watching that. So, I'm going to say right now, we will not be covering that movie on Fail Blockbusters. I'm willing to put down like a thousand dollars that the last action hero is a million times the movie The Flash is. Even in the state that some people 
don't like it in. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That was a slam dunk. I'm just I'm going for the easy win today since I didn't okay. I didn't really win you over. You literally no. had to bring up one of the worst movies in the of the past decade <laughs> to get one over on me, but hey. Okay, how about uh let me see. What else did I see this year? I don't even fucking know. Um That's something that bombed. Something that bombed. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I think this is of the same caliber of movie as Dungeons. Now, nah, Dungeons and Dragons was better. No, I I like that a little more flatly, a, a little more flatly directed. Yeah, that one might just be like a where the budget go thing, not on the directors per se, because they those guys are talented. Those guys are good. Um, or or time. You know what? I did not feel time. that at all with Dungeons and Dragons, but I really like that movie. I do too. I do too. Uh, I like Last Action Hero a lot more. Yeah, no, I, I can't follow you there. All right, all right. And I stand by that comment. Okay, okay. Um, Last action hero. Last time I'll ever watch it. Oh, boo. Uh, oh, 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 okay, last two things, I swear to God. Uh, Joan Plowright is the English teacher. That's what I said! Yeah, yeah, I, I've forgotten about it. You named her? I thought you forgot her name. I don't remember if I said her name, but I, I did bring it up. Yeah, yeah, so. no, 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 you brought it up, but I, I think you forgot to mention her name. I remembered her name, so. Okay. And then, uh, shout out to Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> who... Oh, yeah, we didn't even bring up the fact that fucking death from literally the seventh seal shows up in this movie. Yeah, which is also, like, you know, kind of, like, it's evidence to your claim that, like, that, that shared universe police station might have had a bigger role to play in earlier drafts of the movie. Yeah. I'm that sure is a there are, like, choice. other drafts available out there on the internet somewhere. I have not read through all of them. Yeah. Um, I like the movie enough as it is, so I don't need to worry about it. Uh, sorry. I wish like it had gotten that. crazier like that. Like, I'm not saying, like, I, you got caught up on the, me being like, I wish it was grittier. I don't need it to be specifically grittier. I just wanted it to pick a fucking lane, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, either go gritty or go, like, insane with it. And they didn't do either. So... Yeah. All right. I can live with that. I can live with your bad take. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you can live with my take. Yes, thank you. You fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt, you know what I forgot to do? What? I forgot to set up the other movies for the roulette because uh, we also may be covering two additional movies. Well, yeah, but we'll save those for the end. Okay. That'll be okay. contingent on... So we don't have to worry about having a strong finale. We can just do whatever. Okay. All right, how many movies we got left to do? Seven? We got seven. All right. We got Mimic, Final Fantasy, Heaven's Gate, Hugo, Chronicles of Riddick, Alita Battle Angel, and Fantastic Mr. Fox. All right, pick a number between one and seven. Six. Six. All right, what's our second to last one on that list you just gave me? <laughs> Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy, the spirits within. Uh, the list uh, I, I gave is also, it, it's written down. I didn't. It's not in the order of the ones I said, so. All right. Yeah, it's, it's the it's the poll ranking I'm going off of. Yes. So, Final Fantasy, spirits within. <laughs> yes, that'll be the next episode. Glad that worked out. It did. I think this is um, going great. Wow, can't wait to talk about those spirits within. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I've seen that movie three times. I could not tell you a fucking thing that happens in it. That's awesome. This is going to be good. This is going to so, be great. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's 
going to be great. It's going to be great. great. Uh, should I tell them the plan about the other two movies? Or uh, No, that'll be a secret. Okay. Because also, also it might not happen. So okay. No, no, no. We'll it, get it will happen. Hopes up. It will happen because I think there are too many good movies that won. I do All firmly right. believe that now. Anyways, Matt, thanks for joining me. Thanks for doing this. This is a lot of fun. I can't wait to see what the season holds. Um, and hopefully I'll have more positive things to say going forward. No, I mean, this was this was good, though, because like, we, we have agreed a lot lately. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So we can, we can get angrier. Yeah. There's stuff to be angry I, I, about. I specifically look for movies that I think will be a little divisive, so... Well... Just saying. Okay. All right. Yeah. I am a little bummed that Rocky and Bullwinkle lost. That's on me. Yeah. That one. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Who has time to watch Rocky and Bullwinkle? (laughs) I don't know. How often do you watch that movie? (laughs) At least once a year. Okay. That's, we're going to have to unpack that at a later date. (laughs) Uh, Matt, do you want to give your socials? My social security number. What? Yeah. Um, Guess what? I'm on Blue Sky, everybody. Yay! Do we follow Emperor each other OTN. on Blue Sky yet? What? Do we follow each other on Blue Sky yet? I logged. I in followed like you. Okay. I followed you, and that was the first time I found out you actually had a Blue Sky account. Thank you very oh, much. Yeah. Um. Shout out to my good friend Angie Han. Oh, I just logged in. I have like 20 plus notifications. Let me. Uh. Oh nope, it's more. Okay. So a lot of people found me and followed me. Thank you. I'm on Blue Sky. I do not post. I will start posting because Twitter. Its days are, are more numbered than ever. Thank you to my good friend Angie Han who gave me the code for Blue Sky. Um, great writer critic. So go follow her if if you can as well. I'm Just glad your out. friend could help you out. I don't know how to use it, like to, to give codes. How do I give codes? You're supposed to get a code at some point. I haven't got one yet though. Oh see, see it's not just me, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but you could have given me a heads up. Oh, sorry. I tweeted or I, I blue skyed what, what do you call them? What do you call They're called them? tweets? Yeah, you just tweet. Who gives a shit? <laughs> fucking, Twitter's are X's now. Who fucking knows? <laughs> um Yeah, so I just I tweeted over on Blue Sky just once. Um to make sure everyone knew it was for sure me. I blued it all over that sky. <laughs> if you're bluing, uh go see the doctor. Um you can find <laughs> me you to achieve complete bluing. <laughs> no. You might need to talk to your doctor. Isn't that what Jake Sully did in Avatar? Oh. Oh. Oh, wait. We're on fire today. The guy will got them jokes. We got them jokes. Yeah, Blue Sky. I'm going to put that link in in the stuff now from now on. Jake Sully. What's your... Oh. Uh, Blue Sky. I'll, I'm going to use the Discord more. Um because I just use Twitter for shit posting now. I don't really. I talk keep to asking on there Diego anymore. to give me a page. They're on the also Discord DM and says that sounds like a great idea, and then I never it, hear anything. It does sound like a great idea. Here, I'm, I'm fucking so opening up the Discord the app right now. This is this is great. Okay, whatever. I'll, I'll just uh, I'll, I'll make it and I'll, I'll I'll just close out the episode. Um, yeah, links to everything down below. Like, subscribe. If you didn't like this, like and subscribe anyways, because you might find something you do like. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. Hey.